Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short and I am so glad to have you along today on this Palm Sunday. And welcome, we'd like to talk about what this Christian holiday reminds us of. It's, it's a lot of context here that often we don't think about or talk about when we do palm branches or whatever we do to remember and celebrate the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem. Let's get a little historical context here. What had happened was a few weeks earlier, we don't, I don't think we know the exact time, but a few weeks earlier, Jesus had gone to Bethany, which is east of Jerusalem, just a few miles, not very long. You can walk it in easily in, a, in less than a day. And he had healed Lazarus, raised him from the dead. Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, they'd called upon him. They'd asked he was sick. They'd called, asked him to come. And, and heal him. Well, he didn't come soon enough and, and he died. And they'd kind of lost hope. And Jesus, this was a great chapter in John 11 where Jesus talked about, I'm the resurrection of life. If you believe in me, you'll live forever. And indeed, that's when he called Lazarus forth from the tomb. He ra was raised from the dead. Well, word spread about this quickly. Obviously, someone was raised from the dead. And it spread into Jerusalem, which just, again was not very far away. And the leaders there in John 11, at the end of the chapter, talked about, what are we going to do with this guy? I mean, the whole world's going after him. They were, they were concerned about losing their power. They were concerned, what would the Romans do? They, they did not see the power of God. These were the, the high priests, Caiaphas, the high priests, and others. They didn't see the power of God. They saw the power of Rome. And they were terrified. What's going to happen if someone rises up and does some miracles? Rome will crush them. Now, remember, these people got along with the, the you know, Caiaphas and the, the, the Pharisees. They got along with Rome somehow. It wasn't a happy relationship, but it was a, they, they scratched one another's back, shall we say. And they had power that Rome acknowledged and Rome manipulated and utilized them. They were the ones who went along with the Romans in the oppression of the Jewish people. Well... <clears throat> Fast forward a couple of weeks, and Jesus returns back to Bethany, the same place. And on the day, six days before the Passover, the Sabbath day, Sabbath meal, the Shabbat meal, uh, Mary arises and she anoints Jesus' head with oil. And the disciples are upset, particularly Judas is upset. Hey, this money, this was, it was like a year's wages, this costly perfume. They must have been a, a family that had some means, that had some financial strength to be able to pour out a anointing oil that was worth a year's wages. I mean, what would that be in our day and age? Like $100,000 maybe? We'll just guess. I don't know. Seventy, eighty thousand. I mean, it would be a lot of money. And they poured it out on Jesus' head, anointing him, preparing him for uh, anointing him. And, and the disciples were all upset. And Jesus said, don't. Don't take it out on this woman. Be kind to her. What she's done is a good thing. She poured this out, preparing me for my burial. Now, the disciples still didn't understand what that meant. They just had their eyes on the, the utilitarian aspect of the benefit of that money. Could have been used to feed the poor. And Jesus said, no, this is a good thing. And they honored he honored Mary for this and said, wherever the gospel is preached, this story will be told. And indeed, her sacrifice is something that's talked about to this day 
to this very minute, shall we say. Well, the, the next day, Jesus, which had been Sunday in the calendar of the week that changed the world, Jesus um, sent his disciples, and he said, go find this colt, a donkey, and if the owners, and bring it to me, if the owners ask, what's going on, tell them the Lord has need of it. And sure enough, they went into, well, I believe it was Bethpage, they found a donkey, and they began to untie it, and the owner said, what are you doing? And they said, well, the Lord has need of it, and evidently they said, okay, go ahead. They took the donkey and they brought it to Jesus and he, he, they rode it over. They came over the Mount of, all, uh, of, uh, Mount of Olives because, uh, um, again, Bethany is just the other side of them. You've got the Mount of Olives, Jerusalem's on one side, Bethany's on the other. They've come up and they're riding down now the Mount of Olives and the people see. And what's happened is all this, all this news about having raised Lazarus has now spread into Jerusalem. And the people are expecting that this, this man, this, they called him a prophet, had done such a great miracle, they're expecting something. They're expecting, they, they, have, they have high expectations, high hopes of what this means. And so the people are, they're, they're cutting down palm branches from the trees and laying them on the ground so that the donkey that Jesus is riding upon <clears throat> wouldn't have to touch the ground. They take off their coats and they lay them on the ground for the donkey to walk upon so that as a way of showing honor that this is the king. They shout out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Obviously a, 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 um, a recognition, a claim that this would be the coming Messiah. Hail to the king. Hail, praise him. We are crying out to God and our prayers have been answered. They're shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Let's go ahead and read. All of the Gospels talk about the triumphant entry of Jesus. And the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, give a little bit more of a history of it. But I'd like to read from uh, John and read his account. And we'll start in verse chapter 12 and verse 12. On the next day, the large crowd who'd come to, to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees and went out and met him and began to shout, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Jesus, finding young, a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey colt. These things his disciples did not understand. Now, that's important. His disciples did not understand at, the time, at first, but when Jesus was glorified, now words, what's that? He, he died when he died and then rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. Then they remembered that these things were written of him that had been done and, and that they had done these things to him. So the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify about him. For this reason also the people went out and met him because they heard that he performed this sign, raising of Lazarus from the dead. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you're not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. It's interesting, people's hopes and expectations during this time. What do you think the people were expecting? The people cutting down the palm branches, singing his praises, Hosanna in the highest, giving him praise. What were they expecting? I think they were expecting political freedom from Roman rule. 
when you go to Israel, you, one thing that impresses you is to realize the incredible building of Herod, King Herod. Um, he built huge, huge structures, edifices. Now, how did he do that? Well, obviously, same way government does anything. They tax you. They take your money, and then they do the things they want to do with it. And the people were pretty fed up. The people were overtaxed. They were oppressed. They were upset. They didn't like the Romans. They didn't like the Romans oppressing them. They didn't like the Romans having rule over them. They didn't like the Romans telling what to do. And they didn't like being taxed. And they probably saw this coming Jesus, this Messiah, was going to, if he could raise the dead, certainly he could. the people knew he could overthrow the Romans. And that was their hope, is a, perhaps a political kingdom. We know that the disciples were thinking that way, right? You know, we read on the way in, you know, remember James and John, their mother said, uh, hey, Jesus, when you come to your kingdom, can my son sit at your right hand and left? And Jesus said, well, you don't understand what I'm going to do. You don't really want what, <laughs> you may not want what I'm about to have. But the disciples are arguing, wait a minute, that you're all vying, jockeying for position in this new kingdom. When Jesus comes in, they, so they were evidently really thinking he was just going to be a political king ruling on a human earthly throne. Now, the Pharisees, on the other hand, we read there at the end of John chapter 11, and here this, this the whole world's gone after him. They, they were not going to give up their power. They, they were not going to allow this Messiah to rock the boat in such a way that the Romans would come crush him. They had this agreement going on. You know, the Romans let them, the Pharisees keep their power as long as the, they kept the people under control. And so they weren't about to go along with this idea. No. And so they were concerned, and they had said in chapter 11, it's essential one man must die for the sake of the nation. Now, Caiaphas didn't even know what he was saying when he said that. That's exactly what Jesus was going to do, but he had something else in mind. His idea was we can't let this one Jew guy who thinks he's a Messiah, live if it's going to mean the Romans will crush us. He had a whole different thing in mind. Now, it's interesting. I want to go on from here, though, because you see that the, 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 the people had the wrong idea. The Pharisees had the wrong idea. The disciples had the wrong idea. Everybody was misunderstanding. Yes, it was the coming Messiah. Yes, it was the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Yes, Jesus was fulfilling prophecy as he rode into East Jerusalem, coming down from the Mount of Olives, riding into the city, just as it had been prophesied upon this donkey. The king was coming, the triumphant entry. But let's go on and read verse 20. Now, there were some Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. These then came to Philip, who was, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And I'd like to just say, <clears throat> that's what we need to do. The people did not understand what was happening. They were confused. They thought they had it all figured out. They thought they knew what was going on. Everybody thought they understood the times, but nobody did except Jesus and perhaps Mary who anointed him with the oil for his burial. And then in the midst of that, some Greeks came and they said, we would see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. Well, I think there's an application for this in our day. 
we live in times as well where they're confusing times. There's a lot going on in our world. You know, it's pandemic, the Great Reset, economic challenges ahead, a war in Ukraine, uh, perhaps food shortages coming, all kinds of disruptions in our lives, uh, all the, the shutdowns, the lockdowns, all these things that we've gone through the last two years and that, that really we're not out of yet. And there's a lot of, you know, what's God doing here? What's God doing? Is this the second coming? Are we, is, is Jesus right at the doorstep, the second coming? Is, it, is that happening? Is it not happening? There's a lot of confusion. Dare I just say, in the midst of it all, my hope for me, my hope for you, is we'd see Jesus. What's, what's Jesus' perspective on everything that's happening? See, in, in, on Palm Sunday, Jesus knew what was happening. He knew what was going to happen. He'd already been prophesying, predicting he's going to be rejected and killed. He knew that was going to happen. It seems like he's the only one who knew. Everybody else had some other agenda. Everybody else was misunderstanding and confused. It's easy for us to look back and say, oh, yeah, they were confused. I'm glad I'm not. But, of course, humility requires us to say, God, am I seeing things right in our day? Uh, help me. I pray that for me. You can pray that for me, that we'll see things properly in our world and understand what's God doing and what's the answer. Just like these Greeks, we want to see Jesus. And in the midst of all of our challenges, in the midst of all the confusion, in the midst of all the, you know, yesterday we talked about praying in the last two days, praying for ungodly leaders, people who are messing up the country. In the midst of all of it, might we be like these Greeks that we might see Jesus and ask, what is God doing in the midst of it? That's hard. That's hard to do. It's really easy to just see things from an earthly perspective. We want to see things from God's point of view. Father in heaven, we thank you that just like on that Palm Sunday, that triumphant entry, Jesus, when you wrote in the fulfillment of prophecy, the people cut down the palm branches. They praised you. They thought you were coming, the Messiah. They, they, they had it part right, but they misunderstood what it was going to be. They misunderstood what your kingdom was like. They saw it only in earthly terms and not heavenly. They didn't understand the real kingdom of God. And consequently, Lord, they became, in the coming days, they became so disappointed, so disappointed that just a few days later they were shouting, crucify crucify at the one that on this day they were shouting hosanna hosanna father we we think of how easy it is for us to be confused we know that the, the devil deceives the whole world we pray father that in the days in which we live we would be people shouting hosanna seeking your rule seeking your kingdom giving you honor in our lives and wherever it might be but, oh, Father, we humble ourselves and say that we want to understand what are you doing these days. We want to see Jesus. It's so easy, Lord, to be consumed with our current events, with our news, with looking for a deliverer, with looking for a salvation, with looking for uh, answers here on earth, and, and to lose sight of what are you, you're doing. What is your plan for our lives and for our people at this point? Father, we humble ourselves. 
we say like these Greeks back 2,000 years ago, we want to see Jesus. We want to follow you faithfully. We want to understand what you're doing. We want to be at peace with your sovereignty. We want to be people, Lord, like this. Help us, we ask. Help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to understand that your ways are not our ways. As the heavens are above the earth, so your ways are above our ways and your thoughts above our thoughts. And so we want to understand and know, see clearly. That's our desire to see clearly. And as we do, and whether it was clear or not, Lord, we walk in humble, submissive faith, trusting you, trusting you know what you're doing, trusting there is no power greater than you. Lord, I think of how, we'll see later in the week, how disappointed the disciples were when you were arrested, when you're crucified, how crushed the people were. Father, we want to be always trusting the ups and the downs, the victories and the defeats. We want to be trusting your sovereignty and your power and that you will always work your plan. We bless you now and we celebrate this triumphant day in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Quite a message, huh? As you think about it, <clears throat> what was going on in that day and how it relates to our day. So, hey, thanks for joining me today. God bless you. I hope you're here every day. I'll be back tomorrow, but I'll be coming to you from Ames, Iowa. This next week, I'll be preaching at, all, at Iowa State University. If you're in the Iowa area, uh, anywhere near Ames, come on out. Join me. I'll be on campus uh, starting about noonish. It's known as the hub. It's out by the park library. You'll be able to find me there. And so come on out if you like, and I look forward to seeing you. But meanwhile, might God give you a blessed Sunday, a wonderful day of worship, a great day, a great Palm Sunday, remembering the triumphant of our, of our King. Make sure you come back tomorrow. I'm here every single day because we believe in being in the Word of God every single day, not just periodically, not just once a week, but every day. So come join me. And uh, until then, until we meet tomorrow, you have a blessed day. May God bless you, strengthen you through this peace and grace.